Welcome to the Bolstered Up Sports Podcast. I'm Brian Bolster. Please follow me on Instagram at bolstered underscore up underscore sports and on Twitter at BS underscore takes. Please share, rate, review, and subscribe. Have a great episode on deck today, an NFL mailbag episode. Thank you to everybody for submitting their questions. You guys did a great job. 25 plus questions. Everything from best rookie, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, fantasy talk. I really enjoyed this one. Hope you do as well. All right, it's Thursday night. We have the Texans versus the Chiefs just around the corner. The NFL season is finally here, and I cannot be more excited. I think tonight's Thursday night matchup, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, both going to light it up. Explosive weapons all around the field, so I'm so excited. Finally, some football. I want to go ahead and thank everybody for submitting their questions for this NFL Week 1 mailbag episode. Obviously, couldn't have the episode without you, and you guys delivered 25-plus questions. All great questions. Let's go ahead and get right to it. So, the first round of questions coming from my boy Jay the Plug from the FF Plug Podcast. How are you feeling about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's debut? Do you think he will have a Kareem Hunt-like season? I definitely think he is going to solidify himself as the best rookie running back, in large part because of opportunity and because of being a part of that dynamic Chiefs offense. But putting him in the backfield beside Patrick Mahomes with Andy Reid calling the shots is just a recipe for success. He's going to get plenty of catches out of the backfield, so in PPR leagues, he'll be lighting it up. And again, he's going to feast on light boxes. So I definitely think CEH is somebody to have on your fantasy team, and he will produce on Sundays for the Chiefs consistently, very much like a Kareem Hunt did for them his rookie year. Next question, how much do you think Chris Godman will benefit if Mike Evans is out? So Mike Evans has that hamstring injury, and he's questionable. If he is out, Chris Godwin's going to absolutely feast. I mean, I've got Chris Godwin on one of my fantasy teams. He was somebody I wanted to target in each of my drafts. I'm very happy I got him. I think he's going to eat regardless. Tom Brady loves receivers who can work from the slot and are reliable, and that's Chris Godwin. So I think definitely in PPR leagues, he's going to light it up. And if Evans isn't there, look for him to get even a little bit more production down the field. So if Evans is out, obviously Chris Godwin will get more attention from the defense, but he's also going to get more targets. So do I think Brady will spread the ball around too much for Godwin to have a stellar first week? Absolutely not. I think that's going to be the connection that they're really trying to go to early and often. I think that's going to be the receiver that Brady wants to connect with and have his reliable option right there. Mike Evans will provide downfield threat and will get some jump balls and third and long situations. Brady's smart about it. He's going to give his receiver a chance. But Godwin is going to be the reliable guy, the guy who's raking in all of the receptions. Thank you, Jay. Next question from On Base Media. My guy, Justin, why is this podcast so dope? Hey, I appreciate it. 
Maybe it's just the questions that you guys, the listeners, are asking that makes it so great. I appreciate the support. Next question for Power Football. How will the absence of Von Miller affect the Broncos? It's definitely a big blow for the Broncos. He's the heartbeat of that team, the leader on that defense, and one half of a dynamic pass rushing duo with him and Bradley Chubb. So it's definitely a big blow. And I think it significantly hurts their chances of sneaking into the playoffs. I think they're going to be a team that's flirting 8-8, eight and 9-7. Eight, and seven. And with Von Miller going out, I'm probably going to take a step back on them. I'm thinking probably closer to 8-8, eight and eight, and they just miss the playoffs. Especially because Bradley Chubb has an injury history as well. So now the pressure is on him not only to produce but be available from my boy Kevin from Piggy Bank Picks. Do you believe the Broncos can pull an upset against the Titans, even with losing Von Miller? They went from the favorite to the underdog. Yeah, the Broncos are now plus two and a half at home versus the Titans. And the Titans don't win in Denver. They've struggled to win in Denver. Historically, even when they were the Houston Oilers, they just don't win in Denver. So if I can take the Broncos at home, getting points, even with Von Miller going out, I think that's a good bet. It's sitting at plus two and a half right now. I'd like to wait and hopefully more people pile on the money to the Titans side. And if that gets to plus three for the Broncos, I think that's a bet that you've got to give a chance. Denver is consistently one of the best home teams in the NFL and they're going against a team who historically struggles against them. Now, last season, their matchup in Denver was Marcus Mariota's last start for the Titans. So they didn't get the full Titans offense with Ryan Tannehill running the show. So that is one interesting wrinkle. But I definitely think the Broncos can pull the upset. And in terms of betting, if I can get that to plus three, plus three and a half, I think that's a sure bet for the Broncos. All right, from sports at the table, can a team go 16-0 and this year? I don't think so. I know the Ravens are getting some love after going 14-2. and Their schedule lines up pretty weak this year based on opponents' records from last season. But 16-0 and is just too special. Obviously, teams don't do that all the time. And I think each of those teams at the top have some flaws, right? If I'm going to the 49ers, who were 13-3 and last year. Jimmy G, still a bit of a question mark. He throws too many interceptions. So 16-0, and I think that's a little too bold. Go with the Seahawks. The offensive and defensive lines are just far too bad. They're not going to go 16-0. and And not to mention their coaching staff likes to play call them into very close games. And when you have that many one-score games in the fourth quarter, you can't win them all. Next would be the Chiefs. Now, I like the Chiefs, and I like their defense more than most people, but they do struggle to stop the run. And to be honest, I think they're going to overlook a couple teams this year. Just all the firepower that they have, they're going to take a couple teams light. But I do think if Patrick Mahomes is healthy, they're a team that can be pushing 13 wins pretty easily. The Ravens, if they're healthy, if Lamar Jackson is healthy, I think 12-13 wins is realistic, but 16-0 and is unattainable for them. And the main reason for the Ravens is they've shown fairly consistently that they cannot play from behind. If they're in a hole early, if they go down two scores, they really struggle. That offense isn't quite the same because there's more pressure 
on Lamar Jackson to push the ball down the field. So I don't see a team going 16-0 and this season at all. I think those teams at the top, possibly the Chiefs, the Ravens, could get to about 13 wins. I think that's pretty much the highest that we'll see this season. Next question from Lowkey Sports. What rookie will have the best year? That's always tough because a quarterback generally wins rookie of the year. And if not a quarterback, it's usually a running back, somebody on offense that can put up some explosive stats. And so I don't think that a quarterback or a running back will have the best season for a rookie this year. I actually think it's going to be Chase Young for the Washington football team. That defense is stout. He's got Montez Sweat, among other pass rushers, around him. And I think he's set up to succeed there. It will take an improved secondary for him to get the sack total that you would like to see. But I think he's going to be a factor in the run game and the pass game. And when you ask opposing offensive lines, I think they're going to say he was an absolute force his rookie year. All right, I got a three for three questions from Big Bala Fantasy. What are the Jags doing tanking for Trevor Lawrence if they have Gardner Minshew? I agree that the Jags should not just be completely tanking. And honestly, I don't think they completely are on purpose. I think they're just so poorly run and have such bad player relations that they put themselves consistently in a position where they have to get rid of a player. They have to trade him and just collect draft picks. I don't think they're honestly doing that on purpose. Now, if they are, I believe that's a bad idea. First of all, I think Gardner Minshew needs a fair shake. I believe he easily could have won Rookie of the Year last year, 21 touchdown passes, only six interceptions. I believe he went 6-6 six and six as the starter for the poor Jags. So I think he's done enough to definitely warrant a fair shake at at least one more season. Now, if the Jags were to authentically just perform that bad to where they would finish with a top three pick, then sure, pick Trevor Lawrence. I think he's definitely worth a top pick and worth putting your franchise's faith into and resources into. But to force it, I think, is a bad idea, not only because I think Gardner Minshew deserves a fair shake, but also because of the damage it does to your culture. I think tanking on purpose really resonates within your organization and is like a disease that's going to spread. And I think we've seen that not to get off track too much, but with the Philadelphia Sixers. They're tanking for so long. They have a culture of losing for so long that now they don't know how to win, even when they do have some talented players. So I definitely think tanking on purpose is something to stay away from, especially in the NFL. When will Travis Kelsey start to regress I think he's still got multiple years before he regresses. I mean, being a receiving tight end, he's not going to quite take the beating that a Gronk will. Their offensive scheme sets him up to have so much success just on those stick routes and up the seam crossing routes. But they do a great job of protecting him. And you don't see the hits on him like you would see on Gronk. He's also not quite as physically imposing. So safeties don't feel quite the need to go low on him like they did on Gronk. So I think he's got multiple years left before we really see him start to regress. 
Last one from Big Ball of Fantasy. Will CMC, Christian McCaffrey, and Lamar Jackson regress this season or take a next step and get even better? I see them both regressing. Purely in terms of fantasy production as well as just in the box score, both of these guys are going to take a step back. That doesn't mean that they'll be worse players for the 2020 season. But what it does mean is, you know, the law of averages, they're going to regress to the mean a little bit. I would still expect both to have really good seasons and Christian McCaffrey to still get to 2,000 yards from scrimmage, which is absolutely unbelievable. But I don't think he can duplicate, let alone take a step forward on the near 2,500 yards from scrimmage. With Lamar Jackson, again, not that he'll be bad, but I don't think he's going to win MVP. I don't think he'll have over 35 touchdown passes. So I think statistically they come down, but not necessarily regress as football players. Although the one wrinkle with Lamar Jackson is do teams figure out that offense, that Greg Roman offense a little bit more? I think maybe to some degree, but I think that offense is still going to be top-notch, especially it all starts up front. Their offensive line, even with losing Marshall Yonda, is still a top-notch offensive line. Next one from Joe from Joe Morley Sports. Appreciate the question. Why aren't more people listening to Bolstered Up Sports Podcast? Hey, man, you tell them. If you're listening now, take care of that, right? Share it out. Share it out. We can fix that problem. All right, next question from GG Sports Talk. If you could choose any rookie for your squad, who would you take? So, again, my team is the Tennessee Titans. If they had the number one pick in the draft going into this 2020 NFL draft, I would have had them pick Chase Young without a doubt. They need pass rushing help. I know they just signed Jadavian Clowney, but obviously that was more recently, not at draft time. And he's just on a one-year contract, so that's a short-term fix. So Chase Young, to me, a great player and in an area of need. So that would have been my pick. The only other person I would have considered is Jedrick Wills, the offensive tackle out of Alabama. Obviously, the Titans needed to address that area after Jack Conklin left, and they drafted Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia with the 29th pick. So we'll see how he pans out. Appreciate the question. Next one from Fantasy Football Bros. Will Darnold outperform Josh Allen in their Week 1 matchup? I think so, but I don't think people... I think you'll have to watch the game to see it. Let me put it that way. First of all, for the Jets to compete with the Bills on Sunday, Darnold will have to outperform Josh Allen because the roster compares, the rosters don't compare. It's completely a lopsided matchup. You're looking at the Bills with the top five roster and the Jets with probably a bottom three roster. So he's going to have to, to for them to be able to compete against the Bills. I believe he will. But again, I think you're going to have to watch the game to see it. I don't think it's going to purely show up in the box score. And I think I do think the Bills win this one, but I think Darnold outperforms Allen, and it's a very tightly contested game. All right, next question from First and Ten Football. What are your thoughts on the Jets this year, and what do they need to do in order to make the playoffs in the coming years? 
Well, my thoughts on the Jets this year is they have a bottom three roster. They have a really bad offensive line. Their receivers are injury-prone, unproven guys, and are likely a bottom three wide receiving core. Le'Veon Bell, I liked him a couple years ago with the Steelers, but he looks like he's lost a step. And then you put him behind that bad offensive line. He's not the same player. When you go to their defense, their defense should be average to maybe just slightly above average. But again, they're going to struggle in the secondary and in pass rush. And that's going to make it really tough to hold off teams late in the fourth quarter and to secure those wins. So I think the Jets are a year away. And I purely say that because I have a lot of faith still in Sam Darnold. Going 7-6 and six with that team last year was incredible, and especially the 6-2 and two finish. Absolutely incredible job by Sam Darnold. And I think he boosts that team up a couple wins each and every year. So what they need to do to make the playoffs, first and foremost, sure up the offensive line. I mean, they have George Fant starting at right tackle. That's not good. They have a rookie starting at left tackle. We'll see how that shakes out, but you can't count on it definitely right now. So the offensive line has to get a whole lot better. I'd like to see them invest in the offensive line through the free agent market so that way you aren't continually bringing in rookies and hoping that they pop right away and then spend your high-level draft picks on pass rushers and receivers. That's what they need. They need to become more explosive on offense and have a number one receiver that's better than Brashad Perriman. And they need a pass rusher that you can name. They don't have one that you can even name. Again, the offensive line is really, really bad. I will say, I think Joe Douglas has that team headed in the right direction. I just hope they get moving forward before it's too late, before they get Sam Darnold killed and or ruin his confidence. I I think it's pretty likely that they'll be on their third head coach with Sam Darnold before too long. Next question from the Robson Sportscast. Oh, and it's another Jets question. How much does Adam Gase have to do to keep his job if Gase gets fired? Who should Joe Douglas look to replace him with? Man, I believe Adam Gase has to get to at least 7-9. and nine. I know that's underwhelming. He definitely could get fired if that's the case. But the expectations for this Jets team are so low that I think it's unrealistic to have the standpoint, well, you better go 500 or better or you're fired because the roster just simply is not very good. So I know he's on a bit of a hot seat, but I think 7-9 and nine is good enough to keep his job. But I definitely wouldn't be surprised if he gets fired going 7-9 and nine and the Jets just want a clean house, last-ditch effort, get a great coach in, and save their investment in Sam Darnold. In terms of if Gase got fired, who should Joe Douglas look to replace him with? I think they have to go offensive coach. An interesting name would be Eric Bieniemy from the Kansas City Chiefs. A guy that's been, his name's been thrown around a lot, that he should be getting head coaching offers. And being under Andy Reid is always a good place to be. You see the Chiefs lighten it up. You always hear positive things about him. And again, especially from somebody as respected as Andy Reid. So if I'm the Jets, I probably do move on from Adam Gase. I just don't think he's the answer. And I probably go ahead and 
select Eric Bieniemy as the next head coach for the New York Jets. The one cause for pause there is with that Jets organization, with a young quarterback, with a complete rebuild, do you want to go with a first-time head coach? I'm not quite sure, but Eric Bieniemy definitely a name to watch out for. Thank you for the question. All right, next one from Mike on the Mike podcast. Which rookie QB from the most recent draft class will have the most success in their careers? So we're talking guys like Tua, Herbert, Joe Burrow, Jordan Love, and Jalen Hurts. To me, it is Tua Tagovailoa for sure. I believe he has the most talent out of this group of guys. I think injury is obviously the question mark, and the Dolphins are in a bit of a rebuild, but if they can sure up that offensive line, add a receiving weapon, if Jordan Howard and Matt Breida can can work out and he can learn for a couple games under Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tua is going to light it up. He's definitely my number one quarterback out of this group. There's been a lot of positive talk about Joe Burrow, especially his ability to lead and I think Joe Burrow will be a solid quarterback. I just don't think he has the ceiling that a Tua Tagovailoa does. Again, Joe Burrow's like 25, I think. <laughs> and then when it comes to Herbert, I think he's too raw of a prospect right now. I don't like his decision-making. I think he likes to wait and see guys open. Doesn't quite anticipate enough. Jordan Love, too much of a wild card right now. Way up and down at Utah State. Definitely has the arm talent, love his mobility, but you're not hearing great things out of Green Bay Packers camp about him. And with Jalen Hurts, again, I think a project of sorts. I think he can have initial success with the Eagles if he was thrown into that role. We generally see mobile quarterbacks, and not just mobile quarterbacks, but quarterbacks that can run. Guys like RG3, Lamar, even Mahomes a little bit, but less with Mahomes. But RG3, Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, those type of quarterbacks, even the ones that haven't turned out that aren't as big names as, as those guys, they work initially, right? Like, if you can run, you will have a base level of success. So Hertz is there, but again, I think he could fill in for a game or two and have some success with the Eagles. But I don't think he has the ceiling that Atua Tagavaloa has. So I've got to go with Tua here. Next question from Sports Debates USA. What are your thoughts on the Jalen Ramsey contract? Okay, so here's my thing with contracts, mainly in the NFL, but really across sports. And you've got to separate. Does the player deserve the contract based on their play? Should Jalen Ramsey be the highest paid cornerback in the NFL, and how does it affect the team's ability to win? Can you win paying your cornerback the most in the league? Can you win paying a receiver the highest in the league? And those things are still unproven, honestly, even with the quarterback position. The very highest paid quarterbacks struggle to win championships, even though they're obviously guys with some of the most talent. Right, It's just that contract straps you down and you lose a lot of flexibility in trying to construct your roster. So I definitely think you know it's what the market dictated. 
Jalen Ramsey has been an awesome corner. I would consider him easily top five corner, probably my third corner in the league behind White and Gilmore. So he definitely deserves the contract. But again, I think the Rams set themselves up for this one. They traded multiple first round picks to the Jaguars and didn't get a contract done early. So they were kind of forced to overpay him in that sense. And the Rams are going to be in some cap trouble. I mean, we've already seen them make moves because of that, getting rid of Todd Gurley and still having to pay him. Same with Brandon Cooks, you know, even though they got a second round pick for Brandon Cooks, I thought that was a pretty good move for them. Appreciate the question. Actually got the same question from two people from CBB News Media and Green Bay for life. And that is, who is winning the Sunday night football game? That is the Cowboys versus the Rams. Last time I checked the odds, the Rams were plus three at home. Again, I like that. I like taking points at home. I think Sean McVay is extremely creative. And I think that the Rams will have a couple tricks up their sleeve and will take the Cowboys you know, a run for their money. They'll give the Cowboys a run for their money. The Cowboys, just year in and year out, seem to disappoint. I know they have really high expectations again. They have a really talented roster again. But I'm just pressing the brakes. I want to see it before I really believe it. You know, if my life's on the line, I probably go with the Cowboys and their running game and the, because the Rams have a bad O-line. So that's probably the way I would lean. But I definitely don't mind a Rams plus three bet at all. All right, next one coming from DeBear's Wire. What will be the most competitive division this season? To me, it's the NFC West. You've got the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Cardinals. I don't think you have a bad team in the division. I think you could see the last place team in that division either be the Rams or the Cardinals, in my opinion. I can still see them finishing at 500. So I think you're going to see up to three teams. I could see three teams making the playoffs out of this division. And even regardless, I don't think they have a bad team that you can point to that most divisions have at least one bad team. So for me, it's the NFC West. From the What Offseason Sports Podcast, what do the Ravens need to do to get past the Chiefs and make the Super Bowl? Well, to me... If you're looking specifically at that matchup, they need to be able to contain Patrick Mahomes and then defend on the back end. I know they got Marlon Humphrey, a really good corner. They had to let Earl Thomas go. I think that's going to end up being addition by subtraction. When the leadership council wants you out, that means it's for the best of the team. Other than those things, as far as game play, the Ravens need to play with a lead. If they're going to take down the Chiefs, they've got to play with the lead and then hold on for dear life that Patrick Mahomes doesn't come back on them like he does with everybody. So I think it's getting a lead early because if they get in a hole with the Kansas City Chiefs, they aren't coming back. I know the Chiefs do struggle to stop the run. But if they get down two scores, three scores, they aren't going to be able to erase that deficit, not against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. So it's got to be getting out to an early lead, running the ball down their throats, and controlling the game clock, shortening the game down, limiting the possessions, and that's the only way I can see them doing it. And to be honest with you, I don't see them making the Super Bowl. I think, until I see it again, I think they're still a little bit 
too limited when it comes to scheme and when it comes to gameplay. So I worry about them in the playoffs. They haven't done it yet. And if they were to get in a hole early, they've shown that they're going to struggle in that situation. Next question coming from B-Ball Overdose. Who will win MVP? This is really tough. The obvious favorites are Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Russell Wilson. If I had to bet my life on it, I would go with Russell Wilson. He's finally getting a lot of the respect and praise that he deserves. Right now, he's up plus 850, so you're getting 8.5 to 1. I like those odds. One name I'm going to throw out at you that I think people are sleeping on a little bit too much. He's probably the favorite for comeback player of the year. But that's Big Ben. And I know he's coming off a major injury, so definitely reason, you know, cause for pause. I get it. But we haven't seen him be bad. And I just don't think we can turn the page on an all-time great quarterback, even if he's coming off an injury, when we haven't seen him be bad just two years ago. He was playing at a really high level. So I think a long shot bet at Big Ben at 35 to 1 is worth the risk, at least in my opinion. All right, next question from EDX NFL Cowboys or Eagles this season. If you tell me Carson Wentz stays healthy, I'm taking the Eagles. I know they have injuries other places as well. Brandon Brooks goes down, Andre Dillard goes down. So again, they're dealing with the same issues it seems like they have for years now. But Carson Wentz is elite. I have him ranked as my seventh quarterback in the NFL, and I think he's shown the ability to carry that Eagles team, even when they're struggling to piece together NFL-caliber players around him, throwing for 4,000 yards, and not having a receiver go for even 500 yards is absolutely amazing. So he's shown he can do it and overcome some obstacles. So for me, it's Eagles. I'm not believing in the Cowboys until I see it, although their roster, I believe, is better. We'll give you that. All right, next one, Cowboys-Eagles related from Bo Montana Media. Who is the better quarterback, Wentz or Dak? For me, Wentz, hands down, not a question about it. I think if they switched roles, Wentz is taking the Cowboys for deep playoff runs year in and year out. And Dak is struggling to make the playoffs with the Eagles. I mean, he's he's had his ups and downs with the Cowboys. I know the Cowboys roster is a little bit overrated, right? I don't believe that they are a top three roster. Like, you'll see them getting some praise for it. That offensive line is still really good, but it's not the offensive line that it was three, four years ago. Um, and so with Dak, I just don't think he can carry a team the same way that Carson Wentz can. So I'm definitely taking Carson Wentz. I think he's done more with less so far. Next one from Texans District. What will the Texans record be? For me, they have Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien hate him or love him. As a GM, as a head coach in the regular season, he's been pretty good. So I cannot see the Texans finishing worse than 7-9. and nine. But also, at the same time, above 9-7 and seven is pretty tough. I see the Texans going 9-7, and seven, and I see this being a very tightly contested division between them, the Titans, and the Colts. I think they're all going to be close probably within just a game. And I think they're going to be right on the fringe of a playoff berth. It's going to be tough. Question coming from Blue Collar Media Group. 
Who is your QB sleeper for week one? All right, I'm not quite sure if this guy is a sleeper or not. I know in drafts I was in, he went fairly late. I do think Josh Allen is a pretty good quarterback play for week one. I know that Jets defense is pretty solid, but they lack a pass rush. So he's going to have more time than he would in a typical matchup. And I think you're going to see him running the ball early in the season, wanting to go ahead, find some success. I think you're going to see some design runs for Josh Allen, him add some fantasy value on the ground and rush for a touchdown. One other guy that is not a sleeper at all, but is in terms of the matchup, Kyler Murray going against the 49ers. I know some people are worried about that because of the 49ers defense. Kyler Murray, you should play him this week if you have him. He played well against the 49ers last year, and I believe he's the level of quarterback, definitely in terms of fantasy, that you want to play each and every week, regardless of the matchup. He's a stud. All right, next one from Ethan and Mike, Sports Podcast. Will the NFL make it through the whole season? I believe they do. Now, the one caveat, maybe not a full 16-game slate. I could see that going a bit awry, but the NFL will start their season in just a couple hours now, and they will finish their season. I feel very confident about that. All right, now, even though this is the NFL Week 1 Mailbag Podcast, I got a couple NBA questions. I'm going to answer those really quick. From Classic Boston Sports, who is the greatest Celtic ever? For me, it's definitely between Bill Russell and Larry Legend, Larry Bird. I would go with Bill Russell, the championships, the leadership, the historical context. For me, Bill Russell, the greatest Celtic ever, although Larry Legend just on his heels. Next one from LBJ Magic. Who will win the series, Lakers or Rockets? Lakers. Lakers are going to win the series. Game four is tonight. I do think there is a chance that they lose this game four. I'm not feeling terribly confident heading into game four, but I think they wrap it up. I think they wrap it up in six, and I'm really hoping that they take the 3-1 lead tonight and then just finish them off in five. That would make me happy. I'm not a big fan of the Rockets. Thank you for the question, and I want to again thank everybody for their questions. This was a great episode, and it's because of you guys and your submitting those excellent questions. I'm so pumped up for football season. I hope you guys are too. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Bolstered Up Sports Podcast. I'm Brian Bolster. Please follow me on Instagram at bolstered underscore up underscore sports and on Twitter at BS underscore takes. Please share, rate, review, and subscribe. I appreciate all of the support. The NFL season is here. The NBA finals are just around the corner. A lot of great content is coming your way. Y'all make sure to stay tuned.